0: Hi friends, welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families Podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Well, we are all in the season of a new school year starting. Some start earlier and some start later, but we hear from teachers often about how they've taken the Connected Families framework into their classroom and how useful that's been. So that is what our episode is about today. You know, I interviewed Nita and Juwan, who are cross-cultural missionaries in their native South Africa a while back. They lead a 196 children boarding school. Well, like most of the teachers who find us, they took Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart online course, which by the way, we're going to be opening up the course for registration in just a few weeks and there are many new things that we're adding. So a little teaser just about that. All the information will come out in our Thursday email. All right. Well, back to Joanna and Nita. They saw the transformation in their own family and then started to teach other teachers at their school the framework. Well, now it is a part of their school culture. That episode is episode 49. It's also a blog post. It was just a delightful conversation. I just suggest tap down to our show notes and you can get the links for all of that and and listen or read about it. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Thursday emails so that you get all the information about the rollout of the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course. Okay, let's get to the show. Today, I have a guest with me and she is a parent coach, certified Connected Families parent coach. Her name is Sherry Vesela. Let me read her bio and then I will invite her onto the show. Sherry has been married for 28 years and she and her husband, Troy, have two young adult children who are both married. Sherry is a former classroom teacher, school leader, and homeschool mom who believes that one of the best ways to help kids is to support their parent Sherry is a certified Connected Families parent coach. With her background in education, she brings a unique perspective and approach to parent coaching with lots of practical ideas to help moms and dads to move towards more peaceful, purposeful, and joy-filled parenting. So hi, Sherry. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. This is the first time we get to have you on the podcast.
1: Yes. Thanks so much, Stacy. I am delighted to be your guest today. I'm so glad, you
0: know, (laughs) we prepare for these podcasts like six months in advance and we put down a whole list and we even put them on the calendar. This is what we want to do in this month. And so there was kind of unanimous vote. We need to talk to Sherry about framework in the classroom, especially for teachers. And so we're really glad to have you on.
1: Will you just tell us about your family and your background as a teacher? Sure. Well, we have two young adult kids who are both married, and so that's a fun new season. We are now empty nesters, and so things have changed a lot for us in the last three years in our family. But my background in teaching, I started out in middle school education at a large Christian school and moved toward upper elementary. Later, did some more upper elementary and some kindergarten, preschool, so I (laughs) kind of worked my way down. I did. Homeschooled our kids almost all the way through, my daughter all the way through, and my son all the way through high school with a couple of years being the exception in high school for him, and then was a supervising teacher for homeschoolers. And I've been doing that for about 22 years in Iowa. And some consulting and some writing and some other things on the side. So I love teaching and I love teachers.
0: Yeah, I think I just want to start off because I know teachers are teachers are thinking about school. They either have started or they're getting back to it. Yeah. And Teaching is such an important role in our society. It's so valuable. It's one of the professions that really shapes our future. You know, no matter what country you're in, it shapes our culture. And at the same time, I don't know what you're seeing and feeling, Sherry, but I know that it seems like the job's getting harder.
1: I think the job is getting harder. And I think there are lots of stressed kids. And I think there are lots of stressed teachers, Stacey.
0: Yeah, I know there are. I don't know any statistics, but I know there's been a bit of an exodus here in the U.S. in the teaching profession. And that kind of leads me to just ask you the question, when you were a teacher, what were the stressors that you experienced when you were a teacher, particularly around classroom management, that were frustrating for you?
1: Well, I think at the beginning of my career, what was frustrating was that my first year teaching middle school, we used what we called a mini economy system in the whole, in all the grades. It was consistent. I felt like we did a lot of policing (laughs) where we were keeping track of behaviors and giving rewards and demerits and detentions. And it just sort of set up this oppositional relationship. I felt like with the students. So that wasn't a great start for me. And it, it didn't create the kind of atmosphere I was hoping to create in the classroom it was a little disappointing for me. when I was super excited to launch my, you know, my teaching career.
0: All of a sudden, you're the enemy. And you were like, wait a minute, this was not my vision. Yeah, That's not what I had in mind.
1: Come alongside students. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm I'm the one that's coming down with the hammer. Yeah, and I was green and inexperienced. I think, you know, that this was part of it. it. was There was a little bit of disillusionment that first year teaching. And so, it, you know, just adjusting to that was a challenge. And then I think later on was popular when I was, first teaching kindergarten, early childhood grades was using what we called the stoplight system. And I think there are teachers probably still using it now where at the end of the day, kids would color in a little stoplight, either red, green, or yellow to sort of symbolize the kind of behavior they had that day. But it wasn't a great record keeping system because I was always thinking, well, what if they made a really bad choice in the morning, but the rest of their day was great. Then what color is their light? So it didn't really even do the job of communicating to parents, you know, Really, what was happening for that child that day? And really, most of the kids who got red lights always got red lights. The kids mm-hmm. who got a green light and would occasionally get a yellow light were devastated. So I didn't see that this was producing growth and development in, in the kids' lives. Instead, it seemed to be frustrating for them and for me too. So that wasn't working either. So those are a couple examples from early in my teaching career that yeah. I think were stressful in terms of classroom management and trying to figure out what works.
0: Wow, I never had that stoplight system being used with my kids but I can even feel the shame around that Mm -hmm. and then the identity building of like you said it well I'm just a red stoplight kid like it can never get it right and or I'm the shiny star of the classroom like you know I get greens every day and now I've learned how to like make sure I get greens Mm -hmm. wow and so the identity building that's just a little bit is not good, is it? No,
1: it, I didn't find that it was helpful. But I think it's, it was pretty widely used, and I think it still is, or some variation of that, I think is still fairly popular in lots of schools.
0: Right. I think so too. Well, you were a teacher, you were well educated, and yet you came upon connected families and our connected families framework. What drew you to us?
1: Oh, well, I was making a shift in my career away from teaching because of just some family issues, some things I needed to change my availability for my family. And so some dear friends started encouraging me to look at coaching or counseling. And so I was doing lots of research and actually just found Connected Families online and began reading everything I could get my hands on from the website and was just really impressed. It it seemed to me that I had hit the jackpot, that I had found Really, the best Christian parenting materials I think I had ever come across at that point, and wished I'd I'd found them sooner when we we're younger. They were both in high school at that point, but still found that the principles applied to even my high school kids, and to some degree, even in parenting young adults, as that that changes over time and shifts. I think you're right. I mean, we hear it. All the time that
0: as people are learning the framework and as they are applying it to their parenting, then as their kids grow or, or just as time passes, they start realizing, Oh, I'm applying this to my marriage and I'm applying this to my work relationships and I'm applying this to my friendships. And it really is this amazing, the framework, how it it becomes our value system. And that's even why we're here today, because we've had so many teachers come to us and say, this is so valuable. We know you're a Christian organization. We know that this is steeped in the word of God, but I've been able to take these principles and apply them to my work as a teacher. And so that's why I wanted to go next, Sherry, is that there's a lot of teachers listening that work in a public secular place, Sure, you know, and so sure, it's easy to think, oh, I can take, you know, we're a Christian organization, this Christian framework, I guess, and apply it to Christian schools or a homeschool from a Christian family. But what would you say to those people that are working in secular institutions?
1: Yeah, I have so many friends who are still teaching in public school and just, I have so much admiration for them and the job that they're doing. One of my favorite scripture verses, Stacey, is Psalm 78, 4. And it says, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and about his mighty wonders. And, you know, if you're in a Christian school, you have this privilege of being able to explicitly and directly incorporate the gospel into everything you do all day. But if you're in a public school, you are still participating in shaping the next generation and passing on a message about the goodness of God, just through exhibiting the fruit of the spirit in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And just by creating a place of peace for kids who are struggling other places with lots of anxiety and darkness, or even chaos at times. So, you know, we're all working together in our own places where we've been called To shine a light.
0: I love that picture of you can be a place of peace. Yes. For all of the kids around you. And I I would think that as a teacher, very similar to all the parents that we work with, it, it takes a lot of work for me to feel peaceful inside that like I can get riled up. I can get stressed out. Like I, I feel all of that. And this is leading us right into the work that we do around the framework. So I wonder if we can just, for the rest of the podcast, let's talk through the framework so that you can give us and the teachers listening an idea of what this actually looks like and how it can apply to a classroom. So we're going to do that. We have to explain the framework because I can't assume everyone knows, but let's just start. Actually, let me give an overview quick. Mm -hmm. So there's four levels to the framework. Hey, everybody, tap through to the show notes and you can see a picture of the framework if you need that. And I'll explain it verbally right now. There's four levels. There's the foundation, which communicates the message, you are safe with me you move up to connect, which communicates the message you are loved no matter what. Third level is coach, which communicates you are called and you are capable. And the fourth one is correct, which communicates you are responsible for your actions. So Sherry, are you ready? Let's just go through them. When, whenever, when, you, when you see the framework, you start at the bottom. So we're going to start at the foundation with that message, you are safe with me. Yes. Talk about that and how a teacher could think about that
1: in the classroom. Yeah. When we talk about this with our parents and parent coaching, one of the questions we suggest that parents ask themselves is how can I protect my kids from my own baggage? And we can Mm -hmm. ask that same question as teachers. How can I protect my students from my own baggage? And there are some things that I did. One is that I would often pray or even sing in my car on the way to work in the morning, just to set my mind for the day. There's an old spiritual that's called, woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. And sometimes that was one way by singing that song on the way to work, that I would um, set my mind for the day and leave my baggage behind. Another thing that I like to do was to think about, you know, as I crossed the threshold of the doorframe into my classroom, I left behind any stress that belonged at home or maybe stress from a staff meeting or whatever else was bothering me. And then from that point on, after crossing that threshold, I was choosing to be cheerful. So those are just a couple of things in terms of leaving my baggage behind and getting my mind set for the task of the day. Um, And then I think the other thing is for teachers is to take the break. You know, when your kids are at specials or you have a planning period, take that moment to take a deep breath, go to the bathroom. (laughs) We we skip that all day. Go get some coffee. Take 10 minutes to be human. I think teachers are the ultimate list checkers (laughs) and they're task oriented. And, you know, I often remind myself people before projects, but that counts us too. So I think that's another important piece for teachers in creating a foundation, a safe space is making sure that you're, you're ready for to be the best you can be when your kids pop back into your room.
0: Another thing that we say around that level of the framework is that we're receiving and passing on God's grace and truth. Yes. And so I just loved that you were singing <laughs> and praying in the car on the way to, yeah. to school. And cause that's, that's working that out actively. That's receiving God's grace and truth about who you are so that you can then pass that on. Let's move on to the second level, which is connect because the message that comes out of it is you are loved no matter what. Mm -hmm. And we say, enjoy your kids. Not just, I tolerate
1: you. I really like you. And I think this might really have, relate to teachers. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And what does that sound like in the classroom? I think it sounds like saying, I'm so glad you're in my classroom and you have something oh, unique to contribute here. You are a special kid or you know what? I like you. Taking the time to say those kinds of things is really impactful for kids. I would think that
0: the child, the student who's struggling maybe needs to hear that the
1: most. Probably so. Yeah. I think all kids need to hear it though, too, Stacey. You know, sometimes sure. kids who are quiet and well-behaved kind of slip under the radar. And so I, I like, I think the idea of making sure everybody hears that. For sure, the kids that are struggling, but the quiet ones too. You know, when we think about connection, Stacey, I think about one issue that I think has popped up more than it used to in recent years. And that's anxiety, even with our youngest kids. I, you know, I think we're seeing that and hearing about that a lot in the classroom recently. So maybe let's spend some time talking about how, thinking about what's going on with this child, which is a part of that second piece of the framework can help us think about kids with anxiety in the classroom. You're right. Anxiety
0: is becoming just a much bigger issue, even with the youngest of kids. How could a teacher think about that issue coming out of the connect layer of the
1: framework? Yeah. When we ask, you know, what's going on with this child, it can make a big difference because sometimes anxiety can look like disobedience or even defiance. And so it can make a big difference to a student when we see what's really going on under the surface. One example I have is of a student who was really tearful at drop-off and really struggled to separate from her parents. And we just needed a way to help her feel connected to her mom while she was still joining into our classroom. So one really practical thing that helped her was to offer to let her use our writing center each morning to make a card for her mom. And then we invited her to bring her own stickers from home to share with her friends. So that demonstrated care and connection with her and what she was needing, but also helped her to build what I might call a cognitive bridge. She could do something that connected her both to her mom and to our classroom community during a tough time of transition. So she brought something from home
0: to the kids. And then at school, she made something for her mom at home. So she was bridging the two. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I have
1: another student too, who really struggled to the point that he struggled to talk very much in class or even to sing was stressful for him. But what I found was if we would play a game, like Simon says, first, then he would stand up he might not join us in singing, but he would at least make the first step toward joining in with the group. So it looked like defiance to someone walking into the classroom. It looked like he was refusing, but really what was going on was some pretty significant anxiety, I think. And then over time, being super patient and letting him progress on his own, you know, according to his own timetable, I think made a big difference for him. At the end of the year, he was willing to talk and to sing. And that was a beautiful thing to see. Wow.
0: Transformation. And, you know, the underlying teaching from the framework that comes out of that is we call this layer connecting. Yes. And we work to understand what's going on under the surface, what's going on inside of our kids at this level. And that's what you were doing with this student. What's going on in him? It could be defiance. No, it's anxiety. And so how can we work with that? And that leads us to the next layer of the framework, which is to coach. I love all the layers. I really like this one. The message is you are called incapable. So this is the mentoring and the growing wisdom in our kids that I think would resonate with
1: teachers too. Yeah. And this is really about building skills and building character in our kids and values and the things that we want to see the most. One thing I love about this level is the ABCs of affirmation. It's when Mm -hmm. we ask what action do I notice What's the benefit that that action brings for that student or to our community? And what's the character quality I see growing? I just love that. It was a really great way for me as a teacher to be more intentional and to say things that were more meaningful besides, oh, good job. <laughs> Instead I mm-hmm. was really focusing in on character traits. So I made a little poster and posted it in my room as a visual re- reminder to me that that's how I wanted to say things. And then I made a checklist. And as I said those things to the students, I would just check their name off of a list so that I made it through the whole list. And and I was saying something affirming about character development to every student each quarter. And typically, then I also followed that up at least once a quarter with a, a really short note home to let parents know what's the character quality I'm seeing? How did I see it? So an example of that might be Jack took initiative and friendship today. He invited a buddy to share blocks. So I would say that to the student, but then I would also write it in a note to a parent. I love that.
0: I really love it. I think that this level of the framework kind of gets back to what you were talking about in your first year of teaching and how you just did not like the way the system was set up so that it was kind of a me versus you, me, the teacher, I'm here to put the marks on the board if you fail. And, you know, so it's an, an opponent type of relationship and coaching is all about coming alongside and thinking about teamwork and Hey, we can do this together. And I so love your suggestions. And, you know, do you have any ideas of how we can solve these problems? And
1: do you have anything else to add right there? Sherry? You know, I was just thinking I have another student example of a little guy who only had one speed and was full speed ahead. <laughs> and I think there are probably, <laughs> probably lots of teachers who can think of a name of a student who was super, who's super speedy, always wants to be first in line and just is always on the go. And actually Chad Hangay from Connected Families was very helpful in helping me think through how the connected families framework could help a student like this. And so I started with the student doing some affirmation and coaching and noticing in him what we call the gift gone awry and saying things like, hey, buddy, you're really fast, aren't you? Your energy is awesome. You have lots of fun at recess and you can win lots of games during PE and you get your work done too. I need you to save your biggest energy for outside or for in the gym. So that's how I started with him. And then I would turn that into asking questions instead of giving directions. What do you already know? What do you already know about how to be kind when you line up? And he would be able to say, I know I need to keep my big energy for outside, And sometimes I would say, what does your body look like in line when you're saving your big energy? And he would stand straight and tall and still, and was so proud of himself. And sometimes he would start with a couple of big bounds toward the line, possibly getting ready to bowl over a few of his friends in the process. Uh Look at me, press pause, walk the rest of the way, make eye contact to make sure I noticed that he was changing and, you know, pouring on lots of attention there, giving him lots of energy and focus. We'd say focus is fertilizer. He was able to develop self-control over time by coaching him through what does it look like to save your big energy. It's really helpful for him.
0: So good. We love that principle. Find the (laughs) gift gone awry underneath Uh, this behavior that's coming out. That's not beneficial to all the people around us or around (laughs) them. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Okay, let's move to the last level of the framework, yeah. which is correct, and the message: you are responsible for your actions. This is where we're guiding kids to write what they've made wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, Stacy, a scripture verse that I really love is Galatians six one. If you catch someone in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. And I yep. really love the call to slow down. I think, you know, in classrooms, we are in a hurry often to get mm-hmm. to the next thing that we have to do. But taking the time to press pause and to be gentle versus rushing to punish or to to make a quick decision can be really helpful in correction. One thing I did in my kindergarten class to help kids solve conflicts and make it right on their own was to have a special place where they could go and do that. So first we started by doing some role-playing. Connected Families has a great peace process that's four steps. I modified that. We kind of agreed together as a class that our friendship chats, as we call them, would include an apology and then a kind action like a handshake or a hug or an invitation to play later. And so our special place where kids would have their friendship chats was under the paper towel dispenser. One day a student said, Mrs. Vasella, why do we go to the paper towel dispenser for our friendship chats? I mean, is there something special about it? And I had to laugh. So funny. I just said, no, it's a quiet place away from our work area where I can still keep an eye on you if you need some help. So occasionally, you know, I still did have to sometimes step in and help kids with the peace process. And of course, sometimes parents have to be involved in some of those conflicts with kids. Um, But for the most part, kids would go there on their own or with a quick prompt from me to solve the problem under the paper towel dispenser. And they learn to make things right with their friends. And so that kind of goes back to coaching and connection, but it was also a big part in my classroom. Of correction and making things right and helping kids learn to self-correct.
0: They were learning to right their wrongs, yeah. to grow their relationships, repair their relationships. And really the Christian gospel word for that is restoration.
1: Absolutely.
0: Restore their relationships. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that's just so powerful because again, you know, we talked about earlier in the podcast that yes, we steep the framework in the Bible. That's where it comes from. But the outworking of it, the value of restoration is so good for our classrooms, for our students, for for everywhere that we're at, even when we don't use those
1: words. Absolutely. Yes, restoration really was what what the goal was in that moment. How can I restore Mm -hmm. my friendship? with my classmate. You've given so
0: many wonderful practical examples of how a teacher could apply the framework mm-hmm. to their classroom. How would you suggest if a teacher wanted to dive in deeper? Mm-hmm. I know there's lots of ways, but what would you say to that teacher who wants to learn more about discipline that connects and the framework?
1: Well, I I think I mentioned earlier that the Connected Families website really is like discovering a pot of gold. So I love going to that website and typing in a topic of interest in the search bar and seeing all of the wonderful things that pop up. And I think, you know, Teachers will find lots of resources that resonate and are easy to apply um, the principles from those articles into the classroom. So that would be my first go to. I think if I were suggesting that you know something for teachers if they wanted to dig in a little deeper and find out more about the principles behind the framework of connected family,
0: we've got videos and (laughs) ebooks, yes, blog posts. I kind of call it a parenting encyclopedia now. I know it's not. Hundreds of articles and all hundreds and hundreds. We've been here for 20 years Mm -hmm. and they're filled with brain science, research informed, and it's all Bible first. And so it really is just a wealth of information there. Sherry, thanks for being on the podcast today. It was
1: a joy to talk with you. Well, thank you. It was a delight to be here. I love talking about back to school And we'd just love to wish all the teachers a fantastic first day back.
0: So fitting. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in friends. We are a listener supported organization, over 52,000 parents like you listen to this podcast every month. And now we can add teachers too. (laughs) individual donations, make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about connected families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook, or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.